0: It is the most important time to vet him, and then also for him to see you in a light that will allow him to fall in the deepest way a man can fall.
1: Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Grooms where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and
0: welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. Each week I talk with one real-life woman with a real-life relationship issue or concern. Maybe it's a question. I talk about what I think is relevant and good for women to hear or have a guest who might be promoting something related to dating relationships. And before we get to that and today's guest... I want to mention that finally have set the plans for my own wedding, people have been asking. And it's so exciting because uh, almost to the year we got engaged, we're, we were planning our wedding and, oh my gosh, it was, you know how stressful that can be. Uh, really for us, both second marriages were a little later in life. that. It wasn't so stressful because it was going to be very small. And then we decided to have a destination wedding. And I can't wait to share more details about that as it's going forward. But I have to say that coming up here, I will be sharing some details not only about the wedding itself, but also about the planning of it and how easy it was with... The destination wedding planner that I found. And so, if anybody is thinking about doing that, I'm going to have her on and uh, be telling you more about that as the weeks go by. So, today, of course, I want to get to my guest. And her name is Elle. Elle is in her early 60s and she's dating. She's not been in a relationship for about six years and wants to know how to meet active, attractive men over 50 who want to date someone her age and are near her level of success. Being successful herself, Elle has found that dating men who have not had her level of success as a recipe for failure, she's struggling with having to downplay her accomplishments and success yet she doesn't want potential partners to feel threatened.
2: So I want to welcome her. Hi, Elle. Hi. How are you, Paula? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm here in the Los Angeles area and uh, so happy to talk to you. Oh, I'm happy to talk to you, too, because I think this is a great topic. So many women
0: in their 40s, 50s, beyond 60s uh, want to find Men who are compatible, who are appropriate, and want to be dating and find themselves in your situation. So I'm really happy to be talking about this. And I want to get some background on you for our listeners and for me, because we've not spoken before. So I want to find out more about you and your history, uh, marriages, dating, Recent relationships, I know you said you have not been dating for about, or not had a relationship for about six years, and anything that you feel is appropriate and and will help our listeners to kind of really get in touch with what's happening for you.
2: Okay, well, um, I was not married until I was 39 years old, because I chose not have children. I knew from an early age that I wanted to travel and then as I traveled because we didn't travel when I was little, we didn't have much money and um, I knew as soon as I got out of school that that's what I wanted to do and as I did, uh, some of my friends had children young and were already divorced and I watched them. You know raise their kids as single parents and I made the decision back then which was pretty controversial (laughs) that um, Mm. I probably wouldn't have children but I was open to maybe adopting later in life so uh, that was a challenge in dating because every man I met wanted to have a family but um, I did find someone who uh, was very creative uh, wanted to be a musician uh, and I was a creative person myself. I worked in advertising in big agencies as a writer, so I started my success. And um, he was a struggling musician, but we got married, and mm-hmm. uh, we were married nine years. We were together uh, almost 12, uh, waited three years before getting married. And, again, this um, kind of the dichotomy of our uh, you know standing as far as money we made uh mine went up and his kind of stayed the same and although you know i never let anyone know that you know the credit card was mine and you know i was paying the bills um i started seeing like into you know year gosh 12 almost of our uh you know being together that he would say things like, oh, you, um, everything you touch is gold or, you know, and I'm just, you know, at the same thing I was doing 10 years ago and I haven't made it. And so that was the hint that, you know, something was wrong, but he wouldn't really talk about it. And out of the blue, he announced that he wanted to get divorced and go his own way and thought he could pursue his career uh, better without uh, me, being married and being with me. So uh, I didn't know that he was, um, had started drinking a lot and um, actually doing drugs at the time. And his friends called me after we left and he wanted to come back after he straightened up, but I just felt the rug was pulled out from under me. So um, You know, it was a number of things uh, that happened in that relationship that, you know, made me maybe have some trust issues. So I worked on them. I was in a relationship about four years later. I met someone who was from the same uh, city as me, who had moved to Los Angeles, you know, just medium successful, um, but... Um, another issue I have is I became a flight attendant in my life as a part-time flight attendant because the work that I did I could do from a computer and it would enabled us to travel and travel with flight benefits and so uh, I was able to travel for years and with you know my husband and then with um, my new relationship but he took advantage of that the minute he found out that I had flight benefits. That adds yet a whole other thing. I never tell people that I was a flight attendant or that I have flight benefits because that's another incentive to date me uh, that might not be about me. So that's kind of been my history up till now. And dates that I've gone on from online, um, I just find, you know, from even my age um, to what I do when they ask what I do, you know, I I don't want people to think my money is from divorce, I'm proud of my success, but um, I don't know how to just, you know, kind of put the tip of the iceberg out without answering other questions as the day goes on. They're very interested in me, but I just feel either uh, they're a bit threatened or, or I find that the man really has never traveled or has... You know, it's kind of living with three roommates. I'm in Southern California Mm -hmm. near the beach, and, um, you know, there's surfers or whatever, or they're 50-something years old, and they want to start a family because they've never been married. You know, they've been having fun at the beach. So it's an interesting area, and and they're generally dating younger women. So that's my big history Mm. (laughs) and where I'm at right now. Thank you for that. That really lays it out nicely for me
0: and for our listeners in that you know life is is so interesting because it sounds, you know having been um, creative and you know you you sound like a lovely woman who has a lot of interests, that it can be difficult uh, for a man. To what I'm hearing in your relationship is that he believed he would become successful and that the lack of success mm-hmm. he juxtaposed it against yours, but yet it was really that he was struggling deep within himself about his own level of success and started drinking yep. and uh, self-medicating with drugs, what have you, because no matter whether you would have been in his life or not, he wasn't becoming successful. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, Do you think and that, that was that's... the 40-year mark, too. That was kind of the, the 40. He was turning 40, and uh, ah. that's when it happened. <laughs> uh-huh. So he was he was younger than you. He was eight years younger than me, yeah, uh-huh. almost uh-huh. nine years younger than me. We dated mm-hmm. three and a half years before we got married. So it's interesting, and you were thirty-eight at
0: the time, and he was uh, like twenty-seven, something like that.
2: Yeah, he was. Um, well, he was. Well, when we started dating, yeah, um, he was twenty-eight when we started dating, and I was thirty-six. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, it's interesting because I hear
0: a lot of similarities to you and I. In that I knew, I don't know if you heard me on a podcast recently about this, that I knew very, very early on that I did not want to have children. Oh, I didn't and know that. Mm-hmm. Yes, the same exact struggle all through my 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's a barely it's normative thing that most people believe, you know, okay, you're eventually going to get married and have children, especially as a woman. And... It, it, truth be told, it is the reason I'm divorced from my first husband, because he believed that that was just the truth for everyone, no matter what I was saying. So uh, even though I was saying, you know, I did not want to have children, he said, oh, yeah, that's, that's fine, but he just believed that once he became successful and we had been down the, you know, the path of marriage, what have you, that I would change my mind. Mm. And mm. so I get that struggle, and it's it continues, um, I think, to be a struggle for women. However, a little bit less so now, because there seem to be, and maybe this is just mm, uh, anecdotal, but it seems to be that there are more younger men saying, you know what, I'm okay not having children, than it used to be. Uh, years and years ago, when I was in my twenties, it didn't seem I did not almost ever find anyone who did not want to have children, and so it it was a it was a struggle.
2: Yeah, so, no, it was expected that you were going to have children. So right, right. So you met someone younger.
0: It's interesting. I just want to delve into that a little bit. Uh uh-huh. Did he? say that he was okay without having children and did he go on do you
2: know in his life to have children? Um, you know right off the bat uh, the topic did come up when we first dated you know first few dates and because I didn't have children and I revealed to him how old I was he didn't know how old I was I, I looked a bit younger they I said I, I not going to have my own children, you know, leave it open in the future, but I really don't think I will have children. And he actually said right back, I can't believe we met because that's been my problem in dating women. They, of course, want to have a family. And I put the word of course, because that's what was expected. And he said, I really don't want to have children. Um, again, being creative or wanting to be a musician.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, and, so, um, and that's the way it was through our whole marriage. he never never changed we never you know we had uh on his side uh nephews, and that was good enough for us and uh and he so that was not a problem in our marriage. I mean we didn't have you know children problems, we didn't have money problems uh we just had a problem that he didn't get to where he wanted to be by 40 and thought, well, if I go on my own, maybe I'll be more successful that I don't have to, you know, gosh, have to travel to Paris this way. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, we traveled the world. So, um, but, you know, he saw that it was time for it, him to move on and, uh, and he never has had children since. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and, and I asked that for a specific
0: reason because, I think that does come into play for men as they get older, and many times that, I don't know if you found this, but I certainly have in my life, that because we women have a time stamp on when we can have our own children, we tend to be, and just because We are more in the relationship realm and life realm in that way for the most part that we think about those things and at a young age and deal with them in a way that many men do not. And I talk about this in my book uh, that, you know, many men will. Will think well. It'll happen someday, and it'll happen if it's right, and it'll happen if I meet the right woman, and I probably will. But they don't really set their mind on a yes or no because they don't have to be so black and white about it. If they're not mm, connecting it to an age-related issue, for example, a lot of men will say, "Well, I know I'm going to have kids, but you know, I'm in no rush. As long as I can still, you know, throw a football with." My boys, or you know, or the kids, or whatever, right? It's kind of that yeah. feeling about it, rather than a you know, I need to really make a decision here by 36, 37, as most women need to do, so or what to do. So it's it's a, I wanted to clarify that because I think it's a really valid um you know a valid point. So it wasn't that, but it was definitely that he. Whether it was vis a vis you and the success he was seeing in your life or just the lack of his own feeling of self worth in terms of what he was doing or pursuing and not succeeding at necessarily, your relationship, you know, fell by the wayside. He wanted right. to come back and mm-hmm. explain more about that when he when you did not want that, had he cleaned up Was he no longer drinking and drugging? What was the deal there?
2: Um, Yeah, he um, actually called a mutual friend of ours and said, um, wanted to know how I was doing. This was three months after he left. And he asked how I was doing, but my friend, being a good friend, said, you know, you can ask me anything you want, but don't ask me about Elle. She's doing fine. Uh, She's doing well, you know, and, uh, you know how about that football team, you know, so the, the, you know, the, uh, the conversation, he didn't know what to say because he had called to find out, you know, kind of get an inkling if, you know, I was missing him, if I was, you know, mm-hmm. talking about him, so. yeah. So my friend knew that, but, but, you know, just put out there that I was happy. So anyway, he's, you know, ended the conversation with him with um, well, just letting you know I've cleaned up. I'm, Um, got my head straight now. Um, I realized my mistakes and I'm so very sorry. And my friend really didn't say anything except, you know, that's really good. I'm really happy for you. Um, But my friend didn't tell me this for probably five or six months later. Oh, wow. uh, Because he felt that if he wanted to get back with me and say something that I was too vul- vulnerable, and I would have been. I really wasn't okay. <laughs> um, oh, it was a male friend. It was a male friend of yours. Know, it was a male friend, yeah. Of oh, okay. male friend, yeah. Well, he's a, friend a very of smart guy, system. too. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Very, very good friend. And um, didn't tell me this. And, it, and when he, my friend did tell me this, I was kind of mad. But then yes. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> you know you actually saved me you know so when I really thought about it because there is one underlying thing and that's he sued me uh we had I had a prenuptial agreement being 40 years old and I had quite a bit of success at that point and I you know he said yeah that he would never get married without a prenup because he was expecting to be a rock star (laughs) and I didn't mind I wanted him to make it and I wouldn't care if we did split up I was I'm just very much a realist and I love said that's that. fine whatever yours is I yours that. whatever's mine is mine you know it was very uh you know very just that's all it said basically is what is, is yours is yours What's
0: mine is mine. That's just, I think, for any woman is a seriously smart thing because you want to ensure that the man is marrying you because he wants to be with you for richer or poorer, and that's it, and for better or worse, and that the success you worked for in your single life is yours, and I think that that's a really, really smart move. I give you a lot of credit for that. It's a really good thing to do, and I recommend it myself. So yeah. the the thing though I'm hearing in your marriage that you were very giving and there wasn't what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. That you were very giving to him and that you were paying the bills.
2: Yeah, yeah, never. You um, know, we had one quote joint bank account. Um, he didn't really ever deposit money into it. He kept his money kind of on his own system. You know, and. you know safe safe boxes and stuff and um but i had a joint account for you know if he needed to write a check at that time you know credit cards there were a couple credit cards but you still had to write checks for certain things so um you know that was open to both of us and you know it was never a problem how much is in there i mean he wanted to buy a motorcycle you know Buy a motorcycle, golf clubs, mm-hmm. whatever you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, you know, when we split up, I I just said, you know, just take everything that I've ever given you, you know, take everything that's yours, you know. Mm-hmm. And I even offered to get him on his feet because he wasn't leaving the house, <laughs> so I wow. needed him to leave mm-hmm. the house that I bought, um, mm-hmm. and he didn't put any money into it, so. When I, sh- you know, he couldn't find the prenup, and when I gave him a copy of it, I mean, again, he was out of his mind on whatever. He was uh, smoking crack, from what I understand. as Oh, well my as goodness. Drinking, and wow. So he uh, had sunk into, um, again, because I was a flight attendant, uh, Paula, I, I didn't know. He would, you know, he would be out and, you know, on these binges while I was on a three-day trip. Wow. And, uh you know, we would call, but I had to go to bed early <laughs> for uh-huh. my wife, and I didn't know really what was going on, you know. And um, so, um, you know, he was very angry about the prenup, and he, from his family, gave him the advice of, well, your prenup was from where you got married in another state, and then we moved to California together, and they thought that they would get, it would not be valid uh, if, if, you know, in California. <laughs> so it's like, okay. okay.
0: So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, well, uh, I like,
2: do, yeah. And I also would like women to know, cause when I would tell this story to my flight attendant friends, it's like to know that in, at least in California, I don't know what it is in other States, but, um, the person with less money uh, you, and usually it's done to protect women, you know, who stayed at home with their children, which t- is totally understandable. Um, that the person with, you know, the income or more income pays all legal fees. So he knew that from going to the lawyer, and mm. he kept. Suing me for three years, changing his story like, oh well, this is unfair. Um, it's unconscionable. And then it's like, oh, oh uh, I think she forged my signature on something. You know, oh, it's like, oh my he, goodness, wow. Kept bringing up, you know. And so even though, the point is, even though he got clean, and even the five months after, my friend told me that, you know, I could have called and he would have come back. Uh, the fact is he didn't drop the lawsuit, <laughs> you know when he wow was making that plea, and um, wow, I just kept it going because I didn't take him back. so um, wow, okay. that's thank
0: you for that. that's it's very like it's good information and and very helpful. And I have some thoughts on that, but I want to move forward since mm-hmm. so you divorced in what year?
2: I was um. Well, he left in 2005. I was actually divorced in 2008. Okay. And then since
0: then, you've had relationships? And tell us about
2: that. Yeah. um, I was single in trying to date for about four years and I met someone again who had moved here from the city that I was from the major city I was from mm-hmm. and he was dating someone else in a circle of they weren't close friends but it was a circle of people that I would see now and then and when he broke up with uh, he ended up breaking up with his a girlfriend after about a year and I got an email from him because I was on kind of an email list of this, is you know, the events we're going to. He, you know, was still living, you know, in the house, uh, but in the basement. Um, his son, he had an older son who was 18, who was there. Um, and that's why he was still there until he got his own place. But would I like to meet for lunch? And So that's how I met my next relationship, which turned out to be, gosh, about um, three years. So was he just separated when he was living
0: in the basement, or was he actually divorced? He was a divorced single parent. Got it. But he was living in the house with the other woman that you kind of knew? Previous girlfriend, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. But you had a, a level of success with that relationship for three years
2: uh somewhat um i should have trusted my instincts i you know i i'm just very trusting what i didn't know and i find out later is that no he hadn't broken up with her um he was living there with his son but he was looking for the next person he ended up being i i don't know the technical term but it's a narcissist but the extreme form of narcissism and he just you know told me everything I wanted to hear, and mm-hmm. I was trying to trust people, and I'm like, okay, he has, he works, he has a business, he travels a bit, you know, so that's fine, um, and, um, you know, wanted to get married, everything else, but um, long story long, after three years, ended up finding out a letter from his other girlfriend in another state, um, I found um, Condoms and lubricants in his flight bag after a trip. I was unloading it to um, to do his wash for him. Thought I was doing something mm. nice. Mm. Found websites that he was on. He was on like sex, like meeting people in different cities with my flight benefits. Mm. It, was, oh, so, it was so. It was one sorry. of those. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and that's why when you know I, I talk about having to downplay or even to lie, you know, it's like how do I travel so much? I'm like, you know, I don't want to say I have flight benefits. I fly first class to London for nothing. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's a wonderful life, but I can't tell you about it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like um, so it's been very difficult, and that was difficult, and I ended, you know, ended things with him, and um, he still emails me probably once a year when wow. he sees me on a dating site, because he goes on dating sites uh, looking I
0: see, for I women. see.
2: <laughs> so. Right,
0: right. Oh, well, I'm so sorry. That's, that's very painful. Mm-hmm. So
2: bring us up to date as of now. Um, yeah, that was about six years ago. Um, you know, I've tried to date online. I have not dated anyone, um, not for lack of trying, but... Um, I just haven't met anyone. Um, it's just been really difficult because I don't want to get in the relationship where I'm the provider again. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to go south. Um, and uh, I don't know. I also, I, you know, I work from home. I don't work. Uh, I've never worked in an office environment, so I work from home so I'm not out and about i I don't really mm-hmm. have access to meet people and mm-hmm. as you know, I don't have children, so I don't have that outlet to meet other mm-hmm. parents or single parents or events. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been very challenging to meet people and going online um, it, it's just very difficult because you know if, if people have young children i just don't really want to raise children at this point I thought maybe it'd be okay but if they have older kids that's wonderful but so it is a challenge in with online Mm -hmm. reading that I don't know you know you don't know how many children they have or if they're still at home I've met men who are 50 years old who have a four-year-old you know so it's been quite quite a challenge for me to date. I understand and and this is
0: it is a challenge that many women face, for sure. And also, I'd like to give you my perspective on, you know, the, the difficult, you know, history and experiences you've had and how they relate to, you know, what's going on for you now because we're all a compilation of our experiences and we learn from our experiences, right? And that's what we yes. want to have happen. And that's very, you know, normative. So I don't know um, if you've thought about it in this way, because we women, we like to have, uh, you know, someone of our ilk, so to speak. And that is tough when you're in the realm of being someone who is in a city where I assume, um, although I've not lived in Los Angeles myself, uh, that it's, you're meeting a lot of actors, artists, people in the uh, show business industry in some way, shape, or form, even tangentially. Um, like you said, advertising is a very creative field. It's it's more and more now with marketing and the way things are going than it even was before, that people are doing things on their own and making their own creative businesses, what have you. So I would assume that you meet a lot of those types of folks or are certainly, they certainly abound. So here's what I'm going to just put out to you for just a frame of reference.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Your first marriage was he was a man who was at a different stage of life, even though it's only eight years, those eight years are fairly significant. and he was not he did not attain the level of success that he thought he would have. Perhaps if he had during that time, life would have been different. He certainly would have been a different man had he had some success, right? Yes, uh uh-huh. So it wasn't truly that he wasn't as successful. It's that he was not able to become the man he thought he would be. And that's really the salient point. So because there are... And depending, you hit on something of, These a be the other gentleman you dated afterwards. The mm-hmm. level of narcissism that is at play in a man in terms of his self-view. So there are men who, just like women, who identify themselves by what they do and what they have or sometimes just what they've accumulated and can show the world, right? Mm-hmm. And then there are others yeah. who take a deeper, more philosophical, moral, religious, deeper view of themselves, and it's who am I as a person, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. obviously this particular man, your first husband, did not have that intact for himself. Right. hmm He was identifying by what he did in the world, his music, and not only his, whether he created music or not, but the success that would come from his work as a musician, and that's how he identified himself. It doesn't sound like he had a very solid footing on actually who he was as a person, whether or not he was a musician. Right. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's true? Yeah, definitely. Looking back? Yep. Yeah. So here, on the flip side, then you were with someone who had a level of success. The man who was um, had the 18-year-old son living with him, and he had a level of maybe consummate or close to consummate success with yours. Mm-hmm.
2: But yet... Um, yeah, not not quite, but... <laughs> not quite, okay.
0: Okay, yeah. However, it wasn't that there was that vast differential. It wasn't that you were paying for all the dates or bills or what have you, correct? Right. Okay. okay. So the point I'm making is that while your frame of reference was, well, I can't have anyone who doesn't have the level of success I have, it's not really that for the man. It's really about his level of narcissism to some degree and his uh, valuing himself as a person. And that I will say is a difficult find for sure. What happens for us as women get older and we know so much more like you do and you've experienced so much more, we can equate things that n- aren't necessarily serving us to the degree that we'd like them to. In other words, and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like you want to ensure that a man has a certain level
2: of success in order to date him. Is that true? Well, I'd like to now. <laughs> yeah, definitely have learned from. Dating men who, who are not successful, yes. Mm-hmm. So you've had
0: other uh, men in your life who have not been successful and had similar um, experiences?
2: Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Okay. And
0: here's what I, I would offer to you, that it sounds like you've also had men who are successful or relatively so in order in other words, they can take care of themselves or or their bills or that you know they they do like for this particular man who cheated on you uh, and was on the websites and and still with the ex-girlfriend and that. in other words it's about it's always about the man. it's not about his level of success because I dare say some of the most successful men in the world are cheaters, liars, they can be just as mm, negative, so to speak, as those who are not successful.
2: Mm -hmm. Yes, true.
0: And that it doesn't equate. In other words, it's really vetting a man for his deeper values and his Mm -hmm. self-view because that's really what it's about because here's the thing if he's on his level of narcissism if he's high on the scale um and and i did a couple of youtube videos on that where i think it's really valuable for women to understand the scale of narcissism because it gets a very negative connotation and the thing is is that we all have a certain level of narcissism. We have to to function. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. to the degree and how it presents itself and whether it's aberrant or not, Right. right. But yeah. it really is scaling the man for that, whether or not he has monetary success. And the most important thing is starting with a man, and you've identified that. In other words, the starting with a man when you begin to date, it is the most important time to vet him and then also for him to see you in a light that will allow him to fall in the deepest way a man can fall. Because even if a man is not successful to the degree that you are, if he has a very intact self view and he has deeper values and a, a a code of honor and so forth he can value all that you are and all that you do and possibly be a a romantic companion Albeit later in life, it will look a little differently than, or look a little different than what it would be at a younger age. In other words, many older couples are really what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours because of many facets in their life. For example, if you met a successful man now, very successful financially, and he was one of those... Uh, men that was loving, giving, not narcissistic, has a great moral code, is intact, so on and so forth, he may still need to protect most all of his assets and all of his financial stuff for his children. That could be Mm -hmm. at play, right? So I think for, and again, this is just my view on it, that... Women forgo possibly really great men because they do not have the um, allure and a lawn of men who are narcissistic. Mm-hmm. Because that's True. a very, a very um, enticing and attractive trait in males, whether or not they're financially successful. Mm-hmm. In other words, you can be a narcissist and not have a dime. And we see that play out in Hollywood all the time, uh, where a successful artist has squandered all their all of his resources on women, on drugs, on whatever, right? And he's gotten into bad financial things. He doesn't have a dime, but he hate, still thinks right. he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, right? still highly narcissistic. And then we can also see people who are humble, unbelievably soulful, beautiful people who are artists who it's about their art and about life and being good in life and uh, their relationships. And they may not have a time, but they're going to be personally very successful. It's about the desire to connect right and be in a relationship that doesn't have anything to do with the the success of the woman, right? Or their okay. success. So it's a very tricky thing for women to navigate. Very tricky. Uh-huh. Because of especially experiences color our world, right? You had the experience of getting someone, but it would be For example, it would be like saying to you right now, any man eight years younger than you will give you the same experience you had with your husband. It's not going to be true. Mm -hmm. Right? So, yeah. yeah. Or any man that's uh, living in a situation where he can't get out of uh, living with an ex because his child is there will be a cheater. It's not true, right? It's about vetting that particular man. I work with women in my One Love, that's online to Never Ending Love program, to vet men from the start in a way that will allow the two things. It will allow the man to pursue the woman in a way the man needs to pursue in order to see her of high value, and that is whether or not you don't have a dime or whether or not you have millions of dollars in the bank. doesn't matter Uh because that's just male, right, if they're attracted (laughs) and interested, right? So it doesn't matter. And then, secondly, for the woman to put the man through those paces in order for him to fall in love... Because that's how men fall in love. Men fall in love through the process of a woman vetting him. When he is narcissistic, the vetting process goes awry, it falls apart pretty early on. Now, if He's really good at it. And this is where also a coach comes into play because one of my uh, big interests and what I used to work in as a social worker was dealing with people who were either family members or very, it was mostly family members who had someone in their life with a personality disorder, most notably narcissistic personality disorder. And so dealing with that... It, the signs come pretty early on. It's just you have to know what to look for because they're very good at it and very charming, when a, yeah. especially when a man wants a woman. Uh, but you see, any man who wants you for your money or for your free flights and your lifestyle is not going to be appropriate.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it could be a cherry on top for him, but he wants to add to that. Any man who's worthy of your time, attention, and affection wants to give to you in whatever way that is possible. And if it's not possible vis-a-vis finances or what uh, he feels that you would need in that way, it's going to be in some other way. And that's going to be because he values a woman, values companionship, values who you are, not what you do and what you have.
2: Yeah, yeah very true. It's, yeah, it's hard because when you do have a lot or more than the man, um, I just feel like I'm walking a tightrope a lot of times on how much to tell someone, yeah. um, how much to reveal, um, you know, early on. So, yes.
0: And that is an eking out of information and that starts with the vetting process. I always say without the third step in my online program, any woman is going to find herself in a difficult situation in terms of either it doesn't make him jump the hoops that a a quote-unquote man in the normal range of all of us in terms of our narcissism is, right? Because really, mm-hmm. that's the most important thing that we're vetting him for. And especially if you do have your own money, you don't need his, which is a right. fabulous, actually very good place to be in life. Mm-hmm. In other words, you mm-hmm. don't have to couple in order to survive how lucky is that? Yeah. And and if you turn that mind frame around to that, I think that's going to be a very important thing for you to do. Because without that, your schematic feeling will be, I've got to vet him for his success level so that it's concurrent or greater than mine. And that is really really a difficult thing because mm-hmm. then you're then you're taking away a vast number of possibly wonderful men who would want to give you in another way in I can give her love I can give her attention I can do things for her that She's not able to do on her own, maybe, or or just because that's the thing a man wants to do, like, you know, lift. I always say, you know, men love to do two things that they're really great for in life, that they give to women and love to give to women. That's sex and moving heavy furniture. (laughs)
2: Right?
0: Yeah. Right and And you want to find a man that it's it's kind of that black and white. you know, I want to carry her heavy things. I want to when she's stressed out about the computer, I want to fix that for her. I want to, you know, go out and move the car in the rain because I don't want her to get wet. You know those types of things, that's a good man, right? Very much so. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're really vetting them for, not uh, for you especially, because you don't have to, their bank account. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand in a city like Los Angeles, I just did, it's funny because I did a podcast with, um, he's a radio guy in Dallas. Now he's a TV guy in in, uh, Northern Texas. Brian Glenn and, he was asking me about dating in in different cities and how different it is. And there are cities, I believe, that attract uh, I think certain levels of narcissism over others. And those generally are L.A., New York, Washington D.C. In other words, it's where can I see and, see and be seen. Uh, travel with the most attractive and the most, you know, uh, go-getters, jet-setters, et cetera, right? I mean, many times that's... And those particular cities are... They present quite a lot of challenges for women to vet men for the the really important things. And then you add in the fact that those men who are the highly-achieved... Can generally just biologically for women be the most sexy and attractive and alluring, and that there's that instantaneous chemistry, right? Because they're Mm -hmm. they exude that, Mm -hmm. right? Very true. Yeah. So it's what,
2: what do you think about what I what I've just said? Um, I mean, it it all makes perfect sense. It's just, uh, uh, you know, because I am in Los Angeles and I really don't want to move. I mean, that's the biggest thing. I'm, um, you know, I uh, sometimes meet men from other cities, but... um, it seems to fall apart because I really don't want to leave Los Angeles. Um, mm-hmm. you know, don't want to leave the sunshine.
0: <laughs> right. I don't think you have to. I don't think you have yeah. to. But it is going to present more of a challenge.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There's no question about it, mm-hmm. uh, especially online. Uh, and it does, it does make it more of a necessity to be out and about in things that are meaningful. So, for example... If I had to give you a quick, you know, um, what could be helpful. In other words, meaningful experiences that a man with a good soul and heart and moral compass would like to do. In other words, charities that are for children, animals, giving. You know, not just throwing my money around, but actually doing something. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Whether that man, if he is someone who is, you know, going around and giving uh, his time to, you know, Habitat for Humanity or something like that, Mm -hmm. you know, while he may not have a huge bank account, he might have a huge heart and might be the kind of man that is not um, just looking for a woman who will have money and and be throwing that around. For example, I think there are men in cities like Los Angeles, New York, etc., who could be on here with me saying the same thing. I am so tired of women looking for money and wanting to only date men who are rich. I want to find a good soul who wants to be a companion to me, although I don't have deep pockets. And and that is the case. You know, I do talk with those men as well, and they are out there. They're certainly uh, not as out in front, right? They mm-hmm. tend to be, and I don't know why this is, um, maybe not the... I hesitate to say this, but maybe not the best looking mm-hmm. that sometimes is it play. Uh, maybe it's that old adage, you know, when, when God gives somebody, you know, incredible looks, he might've missed out on something else. I don't know. <laughs> no, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, I, I just don't know, but it's, it's, it's funny how you might relate to this. Um, I remember this was before cell phones. Um, I was quite young. I was, I got lost in a rural area. It was actually in the state of Virginia. It was very rural, and I—I mean, there was just nothing around. And suddenly, I came across a firehouse, you know, fire station. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, that's where I could stop in to get directions, right? Because there was no GPS and didn't have a cell phone. And I stop in, and I walk in, and this is rural Virginia, probably a good five or six hours away from, an, you know, up city. And I walk in, and I thought I was walking into a New York City modeling agency uh, for men. <laughs> I mean, <well. laughs> each one was better looking than the next, and it was just amazing, right? Certain mm-hmm. things attract people who look those are men who are into fitness right right and they're about you know this this type of it's not about necessarily money for them right in other words you're not going into firefighting because you want to be rich you want to work exactly. on wall street right so it's just right. fascinating how different things attract people who are of a certain ilk and I can say this because I was in show business my entire, from the time I was a child all the way up mm. till about 30 years old, and that's mm. when I got into social work. It's, people would say to me, "Well, what a you know what a dichotomy! You were in show business and then you became a social worker," and I always said, "Well, I've always worked with the mentally ill. It's just now I treat them." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. it, was a joke. it was a joke, but there's Love truth it. in it, right? I mean, the people there who are is. the most creative and the most—they oh, yeah. right? And that's what makes them so colorful and wonderful, right? Mm-hmm. And so talented, right? <laughs> and a challenge. <laughs> and a challenge for sure, for sure. Uh-huh. And so you are in a city that's. Right for that, and the most beautiful people are drawn to you because if you want to show your beauty in your bikini and what have you, you go to LA, right? You want to show up your right. muscles and always be in a Speedo and whatever, you're in, you know, um, you're on Muscle Beach.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it yep, does. there's always, always someone else around the corner here. Uh, yes, and that mm-hmm.
0: even more so is why vetting the man for who he is and not what he has or how he looks is so important, especially later in life, when, you know, later in life, our looks are not the same, right? Right. And that's going to come to pass as well that we're not going to get by on our looks as we did as young women, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. To the degree
2: to the degree. Mm -hmm.
0: So for anyone who is, you know, um, struggling in this area, in whatever city, San Francisco, LA, New York, I mean, uh, Dallas, Chicago, you know, many cities that are just magnets for men who are wanting to have a great level of success. Is it because they love what they do and they want to spread their their um, resources and finances around to the world and have a very, very giving nature, no matter what they're doing, that's really what we need to vet them for. And the vetting process also helps them to fall in love. And then we can make our decisions.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So I I hope this was, you know, helpful in some way. What are your thoughts?
2: Um, yeah, it, gosh, you know, it's hard because I am older and, um, um, you know, I, you know, I've tried to date around my age, but, um, but I do find, you know, people a bit younger than me attracted to me. So, um, which is nice, but, um. But I, I'm not sure. I also don't know how to approach um, being successful, um, you know, with men who are not as successful. I just tend to find that they're, um, you know, kind of threatened by what I have. That's what I've been up against a wall about a bit, um, how much information, you know, I I should give out in the beginning or in meeting people. and. Um, and how I treat that while while we're dating. So Okay. So I do have thoughts on that. Uh, I think
0: that people give way too much information off the bat mm. mm-hmm. and that you must treat any, uh, and this is why it's so important, I believe, for anyone who's doing online dating to speak to me about the online dating program that I have because without this vetting process and the step-by-step it's very hard when you're in it to not to be seeing the forest instead of the tree or the trees instead of the yeah. forest, I don't know how it goes, right? But it's very hard yeah. when we're in the middle of it to assess, uh, you know, what is going on with the man vis a be what we have to do and as I'm talking about the the third step in my program, most, I would say nine out of 10 men online won't deal with, right? It's that 10th man that does that shows his interest in actually finding someone of value and finding someone who could actually be a life partner rather than just playing around and, according to my book, consuming a woman's time, attention, and affection because we're only looking for buyers, right? Yes. We're not looking for consumers, and we don't need. So, again, I think for you, it would be working towards really deprogramming the success thing for you because if you're focused on that, even going into dating, that's what's going to come across, and it's what we fear sometimes we create, right? So, as I said, with each woman I work individually on, okay, let's get down to really, for you, the brass tacks of how are we going to vet men from the start that allows them to see who you are minus what it is that you have, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And for them to walk into it, to start falling for you so that those things that are the, what I say, in the cart are not being put before the horse. See, the horse in any two people's interaction is the feelings they have and the possible chance of love. And that is the horse. That is the horse that is going to pull the cart. But what happens for so many people is that they put the cart, which in the cart is all the stuff that we're talking about. How much money do you have? Uh, all the accoutrements of life, you know, what you're gathering, right? And that is not about the feeling of... And the love and the values and all that's supposed to be in the living, breathing horse. That living, breathing horse is what is pulling the cart, not the other way around. And so, so many of us, because it is it is so difficult. It's the most difficult thing in life, as you have experienced, right? Right. You've yep. experienced it. And that can't help but color everything that we do and that's why working with someone is so valuable for that because it's just about the questions that come along and that's what coaching is about the questions that come along with okay what did he say to this how did he react when you x when you put forth the third step what did he do or not do Right. Those mm-hmm. are the really important things in salient points because the vetting process takes longer than we'd like it to sometimes, right? But it's, it's a marathon. It's not mm-hmm. a sprint. Because we can, want, we can have chemistry with, and I can speak for myself, the chemistry I've had with men has, has almost, without exception, led me astray. Almost without exception, I look back over my life. Yeah. The men that I had, and that's of course, harkening back to my childhood. And we're all that's just all because we are we have the most chemistry we're going to have with people who have the dare I say issues and personality traits and so forth of the most uh, troublesome or difficult or challenging of our parents. That's who we have the most chemistry with, Mm. for the most part. And Mm -hmm. so that chemistry, we have to look at as just that. And I think of uh, a man I met before my, my fiance. And We had chemistry off the charts, and this time I just said, "I'm going to not, not foster this in any way." I I looked at it, I stood back from it, I enjoyed it, and I kept the boundaries so that he did not act on it. And now I can it, it just. It's so fascinating to me because the first time in my life it totally dissipated. I mean, totally for, and I can, I can really say for him too. Totally dissipated. It's it's a fascinating thing that can, uh, that that can, that can happen. But I think women have to be very aware of it uh, because just biologically we are programmed. To be attracted to the most uber of men, whether that's in um, their their looks, their success, uh, all that they are in terms of just what is the most, um, what society has said is, is most manly, but also born in us biologically. And that that's tough. That's, mm-hmm.
2: that's a tough, yeah. That's very tough. Yeah, definitely. It's a
0: work in progress, right? Mm-hmm. It is yeah. uh, putting yourself out there, doing uh, a combination of online, not online, possibly mm-hmm. matchmaker, um, a charity, working for charities that speak to you. And if you have certainly resources and you have time on your hands, I highly recommend that because when you align yourself with something that's meaningful to you, there's a chance that you will find men who are also doing that. So, mm-hmm. and and whether they are monetarily successful or not, they feel successful because they are doing for others, that's a good guy, right? Generally right. speaking. Mm -hmm. right yeah those types of things um my next best thing to online dating strategy that i uh put in my and i've talked about that on several podcasts and and that's something that you can do easily and be out on your own and meet men so i have a lot of strategies that i like to use in in the dating program and i think the mere fact of women deciding you know I'm going to do this and I'm going to work with someone is very valuable because it's kind of like, I use the um, analogy of if you have a housekeeper, you always start straightening up and cleaning before she even gets there. (laughs) That's true. true. (laughs) Yeah, because you're you're paying for it, right? Mm -hmm. And you want it to work. And you want it to be the best it can be. So you know if mm-hmm. she's going to clean the bathroom, you want to clear off all the stuff and put them in these cabinets and get all ready for
2: her, right? Mm-hmm.
0: And yes. then you, you want it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that because when we're left to our own just doing it and we keep going along and it's not working, sometimes committing to it in a different way through a 12-week program, well, at least I'll see, right? I'll see if this... Helps me and certainly the strategies in the online dating, I would say, you know, they are seriously valuable. Just the third one in and of itself is so important for women to do, to vet for a guy being a buyer over a consumer or at least a potential buyer over a consumer and allows him concurrently to start to be more interested and fall because it presents a small challenge and hurdle that they must jump. Just by the mere fact of them jumping helps to kickstart interest. Mm-hmm. So I thank you, Elle, so much for for being a guest today, and thank coming on, and sh- sharing your story. We, for you know, all of us. If you're struggling with this, you know, please get my book and and read that. And if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast and talk to me about this type of thing, anything related to men, women, love, relationships, dating, go to realcoachingconversations.com and fill out a form and be a Guest on the podcast, and for any man that you're dealing with in your life, make sure that you are making him wonder.
1: Looking to lure back an ex love? Let Coach Paula help you get back together with a man you realize might be the one for you. Make the next time around a charm with complete commitment. Connect with Coach Paula Grooms on Instagram, Facebook, or at CoachPaulaGrooms.com. For listening to Make Him Wonder. If you've benefited from today's conversation, please subscribe and share. Connect with Coach Paula at MakeHimWonder.com. There you can take several relationship evaluations, discover her books and other resources, and find out if one of her personalized coaching programs might be right for you.